0: service and we are back on facebook what about that unbelievable that means we'll be kicked off shortly we're on twitter we're on rumble we're on uh youtube and of course we're in your ear on the podcast it's great to be with you today it's always good to be with you welcome to the jonathan kogan show please subscribe wherever you get your podcast if you ever want to donate go to patreon.com forward slash ownership economy now let's get to it kanye Ye west First of all, he's on Infowars right now, and that shit is bananas. That is some wild stuff being said. But Kanye Yay West, which we'll call Yay because he prefers to be called Yay, says that Jews run the world. Jews control the world. Well, I'm Jewish, and I haven't gotten called from Spielberg or from the Rothschilds or from George Soros. Well. Technically, George Soros is a self-hating Jew who would confiscate property uh, for the Nazis back in Nazi Germany. But nonetheless, according to Jewish standards, he's a Jew. What's that phrase again? No Jew left behind? Well, shit, I feel like I'm left behind. I feel like they left me at the dumpster. What's going on here? This is crazy. Where's my control? Am I not Jewish enough? What's going on? This is bananas. Not fair. Not fair. In fact, I got a hot take. I got a hot take. So Ye says that the world is run by Jews. And that may or may not be true. I don't know. It may or not be true. But I'll tell you what. I'm not one of those Jewish people. And I should be. Okay? I'm very good at controlling things. I should have more power and control. Okay? So whoever is running this game, hit me up. But I got a take. If Jews run the world, well, I think black people run sports. I think that black people run the NBA. Why aren't there more Jewish players? There should be more Jewish small forwards, more Jewish centers, and more Jewish point guards. Okay, okay, sure. There was Jordan Farmer, okay? He was he was a point guard for the Lakers backup, but he's not a good representation of the Jews. He stunk, okay? Maybe he shot a good three ball every now and then, but he's not a good representation of our people. He stunk, okay? Like, if there was a guy, let's say there was a guy named Abraham Goldberg, okay? And he grew up in Akron. He was six foot eight, two 260 pounds, ran a 4'2", 40, had all the same opportunities as LeBron James. Maybe we would be talking about, hey, remember when uh, Abraham uh, had that block in the finals against uh, Steph Curry? He's amazing. Oh, my God, Shalom, Mazel Tov. Maybe the Jews would be running the NBA. I don't know. I don't know. It's just different takes from all over the map. We just gotta talk about this stuff. There should be new, there should be more Jewish centers in the NBA. But because we're like five nine, a buck sixty, we stink. Okay. But that brock that block by Abraham was incredible. Best player ever. Abraham Goldberg. All right. Now let me tell you something straight. This is a comedic podcast. Okay. Everybody a lot of people watch stand-up comedy some people go and see stand-up comedy the purpose of this podcast is to create the first comedy podcast that is like stand-up but for comedy now maybe none of that was funny but i think it was good anyways it's talking about george soros being so much to get into there so i got some i got some clips to talk about with um uh brett weinstein i think had a really He's a lifelong Democrat, very good take on what's going on in the world. I think he explains it very, very well of what I've been trying to explain over hundred plus episodes, but still some people are brainwashed. Maybe this will help crack it through. Um, and then we got, uh, um, interesting. So I said the live stream ended. That's weird. But anyways, uh, we, uh, then I got, uh, in fact, let me just play this clip from, uh, from, uh, from yay walking out that spurred this first part. Of Jewish people should be in the NBA more, and uh, maybe they do run the world. But where? Where's my remote control? Where's my power? Like it's, it's BS. Like no Jew left behind. Well, they left this Jew behind. All right. Here's what. here's was a yay said before he got before he walked out on Tim Cast.
1: God is saying, you know, your your children are going to be okay. The you know, baby mamas got money, right? God is using me. He's breaking me down, removing all of the you know, richest person, all of this, so I can serve him. And the more and more those things are taken away from me, the more I can be empty and be a vessel and be able to be used. And right now it's like, you're not going to take, if if we can't, you're not going to take my pain away, right? The Jewish people say, it's the Holocaust, this happened, and you can't say anything about it. We can't take their pain away. No one's going to denounce the fact that They tried to lock me up. That's what, because every time I'm just holding stride and it's like, I didn't, I thought I was more Malcolm X, but I find out I'm more MLK because as I'm getting hosed down every day by the press and financially, I'm just standing there. And when, when I found out that they tried to put me in jail, it was like a dog was biting my arm and I, 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 I almost shed a tear almost, but I still walked in stride through it. Yeah. I, I think I think they've been extremely unfair to you. I think. Who is they
0: though? We can't por, say who they por, is. Can we? Press. I'm not using the. I don't, I don't use the word as the, as the way I guess you, you guys use. I'm, I'm talking. It is about them
2: though, isn't it? I mean, because <laughs> no. and, and because when you think about it, consider it. In 2018. What do you mean it's not? It, what What do I mean? Like, uh, uh, okay, so how about are you leaving?
0: Are you afraid of the press? He's has I'll say it right now. Um, and he just dipped out and didn't come back. Yay. So listen, I, if Jews run the world, which again, may, may not be true. I think the world is really run by about like 12 families. The Rothschilds being one of them, which I believe are Jewish people. It ain't all Jewish people, unfortunately, because I should have more power. Okay. But that's not the case. No, I'm just playing. I don't really want more power. We don't want none of that. Um, but he said he feels like he, whatever was biting him. Well, I feel like a lion's biting my ass. Unbelievable. All right. So that's, that was when I just want to play that clip for you. So you knew what happened now. I don't know. Should we get into the George Soros, 60 minutes interview from 1998 of him admitting to rounding up the Jews? Uh, Cause you know, I talk about George Soros being a self-hating Jew and I mean, he's Jewish, but he's not, I mean, he hates Jews and it was like, Oh, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. Well, you know, Maybe we'll start with this first and then we'll get into Brett Weinstein's amazing take on what's going on or hypothesis. He has a great hypothesis. This is a real 60 minutes interview with George, the horrible human being, Soros. I'm going to play a clip from it. Oh, and then we also got Justin Trudeau talking about how a dictatorship is interesting and how it's, you know, it's good because you can move innovation on a dime. This world's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So take a listen to this George Soros. This is a real 60 minutes interview. Here we go. The Nazis oh, oh, the oh, oh in hold, on. hold on! It was a little bit fast. You know, I I wish YouTube actually allows you to go more than two times fast. I'm on like I'm pretty high up. I go pretty fast now on, on my audio. But uh, here, take a listen to this. Here we go. And if you're watching this on YouTube or uh, or Rumble, it's the, I got the video going. Here we go.
3: 68 years ago, the parents who were wealthy, well educated, and Jewish. When the Nazis occupied Budapest in 1944. George Soros' father was a successful lawyer. He lived on an island in the Danube and liked to commute to work in a rowboat. But knowing there were problems ahead for the Jews, he decided to split his family up. He bought them forged papers, and he bribed a government official to take 14-year-old George Soros in and swear that he was his Christian godson. But survival carried a heavy price tag, while hundreds of thousands of Hungarian Jews were being shipped off to the death camps. George Soros accompanied his phony godfather on his appointed rounds, confiscating property from the Jews. These are pictures from 1944 of what happened to George Soros' friends and neighbors. You're a Hungarian Jew Mm -hmm. who escaped the Holocaust Mm -hmm. by posing as a, a Christian. Right. And you watched lots of people get shipped off to the death camps. Right.
4: I was 14 years old, and I would say that that's when my character was made. In what way? That one should think ahead, one should understand and and anticipate events, Uh, and uh, one is threatened. It was a tremendous threat of evil. I mean, it was a a very personal experience of evil. My understanding is is that you went out with this protector of yours who
3: swore that you were, uh, is adopted. Yes, went out in fact and helped in the confiscation of property from the Jews. That's right. Yes, I mean that's that sounds uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many many years.
4: Was it difficult? Uh, uh, Not 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 at all. Not at all. uh, Maybe as a child you don't you don't see the connection uh but it was it created no no problem at all no feeling of guilt no for example that uh i'm
3: jewish um and here i am watching these people go i could just as easily be there i should be there
4: none of that well uh, of course i could i could be on the other side or i could be the one from whom the thing is being taken away uh um but there was no sense that I shouldn't be there because uh, that was, uh, uh, well, actually, funny way, it's just like in markets that if I weren't there, of course, I wasn't doing it, but some would would, would be taking it away anyhow. It was the, whether I was there or not, I was only a spectator. The property was being taken away. So I had no role in taking away that property. So I had no sense of guilt. Are you religious? No.
3: Do you believe in God?
0: So that's your boy, George Soros, having no guilt, confiscating properties from the Jews who went to death camps. We should definitely take his advice. By the way, he collapses currencies and destroys countries all over the world, loves open borders, hates people. Yeah, definitely take advice from that guy. He rounded up. The Jews, being a Jew, who were going to death camps, did you feel any guilt? No, no, of course not. It wasn't even me. No, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time you read something by that guy, think twice. All right, bad, bad dude, bad dude. Now, in fact, now you talk about bad dudes. Let's just play this clip about Trudeau. Trudeau really said this. When someone says that they're the bit that that they're, they most admire of all countries, China who is literally building camps now for their people. They're just finishing camps. In fact, some are being used, okay? And there are death camps right now for a certain class of people there. But don't worry. You should love them. They make your iPhone. Okay, but we won't talk about that. Um, it's awful. Justin Trudeau said this in a in a little, like, fireside chat years ago. And they say it's a gaffe or a jab, whatever you say it is. You know what I mean? Uh, or, like, he didn't mean it. Tell me if you think he meant this, and you can't see like the facial expressions if you're just listening to this. But for example, um, George Soros was smiling. Like, do you have guilt? <laughs> no, no. Well, here's Trudeau talking about his admiration for China and how a dictatorship is interesting.
2: There's a level of of uh, admiration I actually have for China, um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them. Uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say we need to go green as fast as we need to start, you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Hartford must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, that I find quite
0: interesting. rival. He was totally serious. If you saw, if you weren't watching that, go find my channel on on YouTube or on Rumble. He was a thousand percent serious. A thousand percent serious. Okay, that is who is running the world right now. We have. And they're giving you subliminal messages like that previous podcast I did with the, with pedophilia in, in Balenciaga. Cause like the more I'm learning with like, you know, people who are like kind of under, and I'm not a religious guy, but satanic forces, how else do you explain it? Like, like children pedophilia. It's crazy. It's disgusting. Uh, but they're like, they have, I guess the way like I'm learning, like Satan works or supposedly is they need to. You need to be tricked. Like they need to tell you what they're doing and then you do it. You can't be blind to it. Like they need to put your face. So they're telling you what they're going to do. The truth gets out there one way or another and you just choose to listen or not listen. Okay. They have pedophilia in your face. Okay. In your face. The world is currently run, unfortunately, by pedophiles, by people who hate human beings that literally want transhumanism, which I, maybe we're just, it's just before our time. And maybe that's a really good thing, but they're obsessed with transhumanism. Look it up. It's in their documents. Please go read about agenda 2030. This is all real. I don't report fake shit. And if I'm ever wrong, I tell you. Okay. Now speaking about what's going on and who's in power, the, the people who seem to be last to understand they're being duped are people who are diehards on the Democrat team for whatever reason. Okay, I mean, yeah, they're probably like the last group because I don't know why you're diehard on either team because both teams don't serve you. Meaning, in the U.S., Republican, Democrat, even Independent, they all serve corporate interests, not you. In case you forgot, um, but here's a, he explains it very well. There's three different parts. I'm gonna play three parts here. Okay, take a listen to Brett Weinstein, who is a lifelong Democrat, lifelong, very liberal. Talk about what's potentially going on because he's had whistleblowers. Uh, from the uh, army uh, on his podcast uh, to talk about what's going on. And so um, I'll play this first part here. And again, there's three parts. It's very good. There are a couple minutes each. So let's start with the first one. Here we go.
1: We have a political apparatus
5: that is behaving in an utterly mysterious way. If you look at the policy surrounding COVID, its prevention, and its treatment. What we got from all of the official uh, medical and epidemiological institutions was pretty close to the inverse of the advice we should have gotten. That is to say, you would have been vastly better off if you did the opposite of what you were told than if you did what you were told. That's your view. Uh, Yeah.
0: So I'm very, I'm very familiar. He'll get more into that in a second, but basically, and he'll, he'll describe it more in a little bit here, but he's saying chances are, if you were to give people bullshit information, you wouldn't be 100% wrong on everything. Like the exact inverse, just like it's very hard to be a hundred percent right on everything. It's equally as difficult to be a hundred percent wrong. Like if you gave someone bullshit, some would be right. Maybe some would be wrong. You know, like be, it wouldn't be a hundred percent either way. But the fact that it's almost a perfect 100% inversion is a red flag, is what he's saying. And I think he gets more into this in, in the next couple of clips. So um, here we go. I mean, it's just crazy. So let's see. Here we go. I think this is the part where he talks about it a little bit more. Here we go.
5: I believe we have a problem with obscene levels of corruption in our system. I believe that COVID policy reveals this. Now, if you want a little historical background, I would say that um, before the Clinton administration, the GOP was the party of business, that it had a business model in which effectively it peddled influence to wealthy, mostly corporations, when those corporations wanted to do something that was not in the interest of the public. Right, and there is a natural tension between these things. You you tend to pay in order to influence things when what you're doing is not in the interest of those who are being governed, because you wouldn't have to pay if it was. We would just simply do it. That's what corruption is. Now, the Clinton administration, I believe, changed the Democratic Party. That what it did was it took up the GOP's business plan. And it abandoned the public and started serving different corporate interests. And we effectively ended up with two corporate parties and nobody representing the public. And so these parties both pay attention to the public periodically when they have to because there's an election. By and large, what they exist for is to serve the interests of wealthy donors um, at the expense of the interests of the public. That's what they do 365 days a year. Okay. Now, the problem is that there, once you have a system that is informally about corruption, there are no good safeguards for preventing things that you don't anticipate from getting into that system. And so what I was suggesting was not that Joe Biden or anyone else in the executive branch is actively interested in harming the country, but that something has purchased influence that might be. What do you now. think that thing is? Well, I don't know. If,
2: if it's not,
0: I mean, but a limited number of people. So they get more into this. He's saying how difficult it is to do that. And Brett's saying, I don't know you know, exactly what it is. I couldn't, you know, obviously you can't prove something like that. But is it possible that because it's a pay to play model for both parties that perhaps since they don't care about the general public and they only care about, the corporate interests and their mega donors, or their, their, you know, the people who don't donate to the parties, that they're both serving different corporations essentially, and that since other countries and foreign interests who do want to hurt America realize it's pay to play, that they are influencing both parties, or just are paying. It doesn't matter what party they're paying, and they, and because the people who are being paid, the politicians, do not care about the general public they don't know they're you're they're directly hurting the american people they just don't care they just want to make their donors happy and those donors are being influenced by foreign interests which are trying to destroy america potentially and so they are just doing as their donors tell them to do which they do and because they do not care about the american public they only care about corporations which by the way corporations are thriving but small businesses mom and pop shops all went out of business and are still going out of business and energy costs are being too high so they can't even pay their electric bill More bars and pubs are being shut down in in, in Great Britain than there were before the pandemic like or during the pandemic. So are they possibly just serving different corporate structures? And the Clintons are the ones that changed all that for the Democratic Party, where the GOP, the Republicans, have historically been evil that way. And now they both became evil. And Jimmy Dore talks about this all the time, how both parties are pro-Wall Street, are pro-war and are anti-worker. And they are. They are, they both are. And it's crazy not to see that. And here's the last part. And the main point of this, this podcast was about why would America be hurting our military readiness? Why would we want to hurt our own military readiness? People who we train and spend so much money on in order to have them ready. If we need to go to a war, unfortunately, why would we get them out of the, the army and the military? Why would we, uh, Just because they don't want to take, you know, a a specific medication, you know, that doesn't stop the spread, which is proven to do that. Why? Why are we telling them, Okay, we're not going to you have to retire. We're not going to pay you. Here's Brad explaining it much better. Here's the last one.
5: Do you think we have enemies who would consider attacking us militarily? (laughs) Sure. Okay. do you think we have enemies that would contemplate sabotage? against us rather than attacking us militarily. Sure. Do you think they have noticed that we have a pay for play political system? And do you think they have contemplated paying to get us to do things that they would have a hard time doing from the outside?
2: Well, I know for a fact that foreign interests as well as the number of domestic special interests that are also corrupting uh, make donations to politicians. They also try to influence think tanks. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of corruption of clear thinking out there. Sure. Then what are we disagreeing about? I just want to hear what your actual hypothesis is. You told me I was wrong. You well, weren't you first are of not all, even suggesting that Joe Biden or anyone in the administration is intentionally undermining our military readiness. So, OK, who is and how are they pulling these strings? Because it's not that easy to manipulate a policy like this. So how, so what do you have in mind?
5: Again, I'm not sure why you feel entitled to demand of me particulars that I, of course, have no way of knowing. The question is, are there powers out there that have a large quantity of financial capacity who might have noticed that we have a system in which you can pay for play, who might be feeding something into it that isn't good for us, and that the people who are going along with this are not actively interested in harming us, but they don't give a shit about us. That's why they're in this pay-for-play system.
2: You mean the, You mean there are American actors who don't want to harm us, but don't give a shit, so they're being bribed or something?
5: Look, you know, I was uh, attacked for simply paying attention to the Hunter Biden laptop story during the last presidential election. Now, it turns out the laptop was what it appeared to be, and it obviously doesn't, you know, make it an open and shut case with respect to Joe Biden's corruption, but it is certainly suggestive. The things that Hunter Biden said, his presence in uh, Ukraine in a field where he was not expert, making lots of money, is certainly suggestive that what we have is an administration with an influence peddling problem. Now, the question is, do we believe that influence peddlers have some sort of code that they live by where they will peddle influence to certain people, but certainly not other people? They will sell us out to some, but not others. Now, I would guess there's something like that, but I don't know what the code is. And so when I see an an obvious pattern of the degradation of military readiness and I say, Does the military know that it is degrading its own readiness? How is it conceivable that it is okay with degrading its own readiness? Why would you take pilots in in whom you've invested millions of dollars in training and sideline them? This is a dangerous world. We build those aircraft for a reason. We train those pilots for a reason. Why would you sideline them? over a vaccine that does not prevent transmission of a disease and that is not necessary for a young person who is fit enough to be a fighter pilot.
0: So uh, I think he's got a good take there. I think he's got It's just good. It's a good hypothesis. It's questions we need to ask. It's stuff we need to talk about. It's a very odd thing. It's very, very strange. So. Um, in fact, I kind of want to tie – I was not going to expect to do this, but I want to tie it full circle actually to the George Soros 60 Minutes because when I listened to that clip, as the as the uh, interview went on, it ended up tying full circle to Ukraine of all places and how George Soros has been so influential there since the 90s. And he talks about it and brags about it to this day, by the way. But just take a listen to this and just know what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, how awful that war is. Um, but you know, sending all the money over there, where's the money going? We don't have an audit, but the IRS will audit you for spending six hundred dollars on Venmo. But here, take take a take a listen to, to this. It's a short clip about George Soros, who rounded confiscated property from the Jews during the uh, the Holocaust in you know Nazi Germany, and his ties to uh, where all the money's going uh, from U.S. taxpayers, h- hundreds of billions of dollars.
3: Soros told us he believes God was created by man, not the other way around which may be why he thinks he can smooth out the world's imperfections. When we went with him to Ukraine, he was treated like a visiting head of state and was received by the president. Then he was received by the prime minister and finally the central bank.
4: 20% in cash.
3: They even allowed him to look at the books and asked him for advice. Lots of people want George Soros' advice. Most recently, South African President Nelson Mandela. Actually,
0: president. <laughs> so I won't go into the South Africa, but he, he looks at the books of the central bank of Ukraine where the money probably gets transferred to you. This is the guy who hates Jews. He's a self-hating Jew. No problem. Don't look over here. Look over there. Look where we tell you to keep looking. You idiot. You stupid peasant. Oh my God. You can't make this up. Man, I'm thinking more and more. We're in a simulation, people. It's really, it's getting tough out here to think we're not. It's getting real tough. Um, so. Uh, I got some more to go into with the medical mystery linking TikTok to the explosion of ticks and children. Um, but, you know, nothing to see here. We should, you know, you should keep going on TikTok while the TikTok in the U.S. Prevent, like tells, you know, kids to like, I don't know, boil uh, something that will like catch on. boil your dishwasher detergent, which will make a fire, which will burn your face off. But in China, they teach you how to like do arithmetic or learn math. But here they teach you how to tell how how bad men are and how bad women are and how bad creating a family is and how bad it is to be an American, how bad it is to love your country, how bad it is to be nice to one another. You must, you must, you must hurt yourself. It's crazy. So yeah. And they can lo- they can locate everything on your phone, by the way, but we're not, I'm not getting into some of this segment. I'm getting into TikTok, the tick TikTok the tick tock tick in the next segment. But uh, yeah, so you got George Soros helped round up the Jews, best friends with the Central Bank in in Ukraine, treated like a head of state in in the the 90s. That's from the 90s. That's 60 Minutes. No problem here. No problem here. Jews not having enough of a um, presence in the NBA or the NFL. Very disheartening. Very, very disheartening. Very, very sad. Jews running the world. May or may not be true. We don't know. We don't know. We, I I can't know why, because this Jew, yeah, me wasn't invited to the round table. They didn't invite the number one Jew podcast on the internet to the table, but no, they say Joe Rogan's the best podcast, but he's not Jewish. What's that about? What the hell is that about? What is that about? You got Joe Rogan, but what about John Kogan? Okay. Joe Rogan. No problem. No problem. He's, he's into whatever, but the Jew, John, the Kogan. Yeah. Well, if we ran the world, this podcast would be number one on the fucking internet. Okay. Excuse my language, but very important that we become number one one day. Anyways, by the way, shout out from the Spotify wrapped for you hundreds of people who make this a top 10 podcast and hundreds of people who make it a top five podcast and you 74 people who make it a number one podcast. I love you. I love all of you, no matter who you are. I love everybody who goes to patreon.com forward slash ownership economy and donates 599 a month. You are a hero. And you're making a difference and you're supporting free speech, freedom, love, prosperity, the future, children, clouds, sun, all positive stuff not not satanic Balenciaga child pornography bullshit. We don't roll like that, okay? You can get that from the mainstream. We are pro-human beings and freedom, and just leave us alone, even though they're taking our energy, they're taking our money and ushering the CBDC, central bank digital currency. The whole world's being destroyed around us, but don't worry, they love you. No, they fucking hate you. And uh, this podcast loves you. So please, patreon.com forward slash ownership economy. Subscribe to the Jonathan Cogan Show wherever you get your podcast. Seriously, I genuinely, genuinely appreciate your support. All of you out there who give me shout outs, who leave comments, who watch on Rumble, watch on YouTube, watch on Twitter now. Big on Twitter, at Cogs K-O-G-Z. We're always streaming live on Twitter now because I am bullish on Elon Musk with his creator monetization dreams of making a Twitter platform more into a YouTube competitor where you get paid more long-form video content. It's coming, and we are going to be, one day, mark my words, we are going to be the number one long-form podcast on Twitter in 2025. It's coming. Are you excited? You don't sound very excited. Okay. Well, get excited. Okay. I'll see you on the next segment. I love you. Have an amazing day, an amazing night. Do something nice for someone else because you didn't yesterday. And if you did yesterday, then do it again. Do something. Say something nice. Make yourself uncomfortable because you're not used to saying nice things because you're an asshole. Maybe you're not an asshole and you're a good person, but you forgot to say something nice. Just do it. Okay. Spread love. Okay. We got to spread love in a time like this. It's bananas out here. Let's get back to being nice. That's it. Again, subscribe to the John the Cogan Show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's bumping now. And search for Ownership Economy or the John the Cogan Show on Rumble. I want to take that to the moon. Hopefully we can reach 100 subscribers someday in the next 9,000 years. All right. I love you. Have an amazing rest of your day or night. Adios. Hasta luego.